Welcome back to the audio layer of the DDO DM. Don't mind the cold, it's only a slight breeze. Past friends, thank you for listening. Future friends, thank you for coming. Today's topic is the Dragonborn of Eberron. And I'd like to start off by talking a little bit about their history. And maybe just as a disclaimer, I tried very hard to uh, to map this one out. I made some notes and some, almost like a script. But I kept researching in an effort to be thorough. And then I kept researching and researching and researching. And I think I could probably research this topic and just write a book on the history of... Uh, the uh, the Eberonian dragonborn. It wasn't really my intent when I went down this path for the podcast topic. I just thought it would be a fun topic. Dragonborn are a pretty popular race in uh, DDO, and I thought it would be fun to have a little bit of understanding about where they come from and why they do what they do, why they're in our campaign. The Dragonborn, they say, begin their journey, their history, in the Saren tribes that reside along Argonescent's beaches. The Saren tribes along the beaches of Argonescent are actually human. And the material I've been able to come across, although several materials reference dragonborn being the tribes that reside along the Argonescent beaches. I don't know which one is accurate. I read several articles and publication magazine publications where Keith Baker was either interviewed or authored, and I was unable to find any real truth when it comes to what tribes are inhabiting the beaches of Argonesson. I can note, however, that the Saren Islands, or the Saren Beaches, are located in the northwestern portion of Argonesson, and they kind of float out there off the continent, closer to Arenel, and then directly up into its northwest is is Corvair. So Argonesson, if you look straight at the world map, it's kind of almost in line with Zendrick. It's far to the right and a little bit a little bit more north, but it would have a lot of the same climate as Zendrick. My my research has also shown that it says after the Age of Demons, the dragons, not the dragonborn, but the dragons of, of, of Eberron, retreated to Argonesson to research the prophecy. But I found contradictory information that shows, and certainly the world map also makes reference to what I'm about to say, which is that the dragons reside on Argonesson to, pro, to guard the demons' seat of power as they as it were, on Eberron. So Argonesson was essentially their you know, most powerful base of operations during the Age of Demons. That's where it was. So the dragons reside there to essentially keep, keep people away and to keep the demons in. This, we talk about this because it's why the Dragonborn were made. For all my research shows points to that the dragons of Eberron created the dragonborn to aid them in the never-ending battle to keep the demons of Kyber at bay. It is said that in, in deep in, in the continent of Argonesson that there are several city-states that the dragonborn inhabit and that these city-states are glorious to behold, that they are 
They are an example of the power the Dragonborn once wielded over Corvair. The dragons of the Dragonborn of Arganesson rarely leave, but they still hold much of the same beliefs and principles as their more socialized cousins, clans that are in Kabara, which Kabara is on the eastern side of Corvair. It's the most eastern side of the Corvair continent next to the Lazar principalities. It's bordered by the Valinar Elves, the Talenta Plains, and the Lazar Principalities. Then it's all just, uh, I don't know if you'd call it the Sea of Rage, but it's pretty much the Sea of Rage until you reach Sarlona, and then south there you'll find Arganesson. The Dragonborn went to Kubara because at one point in time, Well, they were led there by a black dragon. Black dragon that knew of a site called, I'm going to butcher the word here, the Hakatorvak, which was a city, a stronghold of the of the from the age of demons and there was a black dragon that was charged with guarding this the black dragon's name was Rashak and he was the guardian of Haka Torvak and he guarded it against, in fact, the overlord, Masaviric. He's also known as the Cold Sun. An interesting fact about the overlord, Masaviric, is that he is fully conscious, aware of his prison, actively seeks to break it, and is possibly possessing now the black dragon, Rashak. What happened when the Dragonborn and Rashak went to Kabara to face, or they went to Hakatorvak to face the Cold Sun and his minions? It, the literature, and because it's so far in the past, was difficult to discover, but I was able to find that there was a, a worry that they, the reason why they don't continue to fight Masaviric and only contain him, and this is true of the demonic sites that they guard across Eberron, they only contain them because they fear waking the daughter of Kyber. The daughter of Kyber is this is Eberron's Tiamat. What is believed to have happened is that the Dragonborn went to Kabara, they successfully were successful in beating back many of their enemies, they marched over Corvair, began a great empire, but the daughter of Kyber, part of the insipid nature of this particular dragon is that it preys upon the draconic nature itself, which is to crave more and more power. And when a dragon or a dragonborn is consumed by this, drive for more power they are considered under her influence and unable to think clearly and in fact pursuing her objectives it's also unclear if she was physically awoken and that's what destroyed the dragons and the dragonborn on Kibara one thing is for sure they left their duty they abandoned some of the dragonborn abandoned their duty to conquer Corvair 
In doing so, they left their brothers at Hakatorvak undermanned. And it was at this time that Masaviric unleashed what's called the Poison Dusk. And the Poison Dusk is not really a faction. It is a substance that emits from Hakatorvak, and it infects only the lizard folk, the kobolds, the dragonborn, that inhabit this region of Corvair. And it poisons them in a typical, I guess, zombie-like fashion, where it makes them a dark version of themselves and and uncontrollable, full of bloodlust and rage. The the whole. I guess the whole point of the dragonborn race is their their born destiny. They were born of the dragons and of the dragons' need to guard the draconic prophecy. So the dragonborn life is one of destiny, but it's also one of fighting an unwinnable war and fighting a war just enough to keep the daughter of Kyber at bay. So it's a war that they cannot win, and they are charged their whole life to fight it. You can see how, when faced with the option of doing your duty or conquering, at this point in time, tribes all over Corvair, you would easily want to pick the tribes. They probably couldn't stand up against the Dragonborn. The Dragonborn were an advanced race and are still are an Arganesson, and they've recovered in Kubara to this day. But as far as the time we're talking about, when they first landed on Kubara, they were far, far advanced than any other culture. So it was easy to make the plea that the destiny of the dragonborn was to was to bring order to the entire world. And it was this first failing of the dragonborn that allowed Masaviric to be successful in unleashing the poison dusk, which has been a curse to the region ever since. The dragonborn considered themselves the defenders of the prophecy. And it was their hubri, their faux pas, that their pride ultimately led them away from their duty. They share Kabara with the Federation of the Cold Sun. The Federation of the Cold Sun is a primitive lizard folk with no written language. They're an ancient race, ancient in that they go back to the Age of Demons and even before. Some of the dragons at that time, in order to preserve Kubara, because before the dragonborn arrived, it was only the lizard folk to defend against Hakatorvak and Masaviric. So in order for the lizard folk to be equipped, and in, in an effort not to spoil their advancement, the dragons had other reasons not to give them magic or to advance their civilization. We'll touch a little bit upon that when we talk about the giants, but suffice it to say that they had learned their lesson by this point. So what they did was they gave the lizard folk, the dragons, what's called the Cold Sun Dream. And all the lizard folk in Kubara, in this area, that are members of this federation of tribes, they dream about their ancestors' exploits during the Age of Demons. They 
see a dreamlike record of the battles that their ancestors fought. It's something that they find extremely difficult to explain. It's something that they hold dear. And because of this knowledge, they are untrusting. And they remember that it was the Dragonborns that left Kabara undefended. And they are... It was the Dragonborns' first failing that led to the rise of the poison dusk and the poison of their homeland. So they are, while not expressly antagonistic, it's like being in a relationship and never truly forgiving someone, right? Someone has wronged you in some way and you just cannot forget it. It leads to resentment. And if this happened to a whole nation of people, you can imagine that the great gap between them that would be created. So fast forward to today, and you still have Argonessin in much the same state as it was before with the dragons and the dragon board defending it in the interior. You have the dragonborn on Kabara mostly recovered, and you will find that the flamebrow run, the Flamebrow clan run the city of Karhashan Karhashan in Kubara it's the main city and in fact I forget the Flamebrow's name but the lady who sits on the seat in Karhashan, she went to the uh, Treaty of Thronehold so they are a recognized at least recognized city-state by the rest of Corvair. The Sunscale, the Duskwing, and the Stormhorn clans all still reside in Kubara. The clans are generally led by, by clerics, and the clerics lead through faith and prayer. But also they are led by what's called Ukrasroth, which are bards, or follow a more bardic tradition. And they protect and pass down the honor traditions that the dragonborn still hold dear. It's interesting to note that on Ebron, the color of the dragonborn skin is not always indicative of the element of their associated breath. Most dragonborn at least are familiar with the trotnir, or the wingspear, which is a racial weapon specific to the dragonborn of Eberron. They are an oath-keeping race. They are bound by honor and duty. And above the city of Karashan in Kubara, the entrance, there's an inscription that reads, Duty Before Glory. Kubara is a special place. It was the site of a great battle, a draconic wound, a draconic, a prophetic wound, you could say, is, is what they guard there. The poison dusk emits from Masaviric, the overlord. He's fully awake and actively seeking to affect his own release, which is rare for an overlord. He's considered to be the most dangerous one because he's the most awake and the most active, and he has been for many centuries. It's important to note that the poison dusk doesn't affect just lizard folk or kobolds. It also affects dragonborn, and in fact, it affect, affected many dragonborn when it was initially permeating the land. But as we said, it's the dragonborn destiny to fight an unwinnable war against the daughter of Kyber, Tiamat, Neberon. I promised when I, I was on the DDO cast show and I, I talked a little bit about there was a, a lore mistake in DDO concerning the dragons of Argonessin. And I'll say that it's a small error 
and one that's completely understandable. But I think one kind of worth talking about. And it has um, has to do with uh, Sidoni. And when you speak to Sidoni, she is of the chamber, an agent of the chamber of Argonesson. And she talks to you about the danger, the Storm Reaver in Giant Hold. And she says to you, Sidoni says, I know only that the warning of the prophecy are terrible and clear. Clear as day, it's up to you and me to unravel the rest. And you say, all right, where do we start? If this threat is so great, why doesn't Argonesson intervene? Sidoni responds, in fact, Argonesson is preparing to do just that, but I believe they will be too late and to no avail. Of course, I know more than they do. There is no time to argue or explain, so I took matters into my own hands. And this pretty much terminates the conversation. But this is where this is where there's a, a disagreement with the lore itself, because it's believed that that the dragons have attempted to wipe out all traces of Kyber, and in so doing, awoke the daughter of Kyber physically. And she is responsible for much of the destruction, we believe, and much of the reason why there's almost no history between uh, 15 million years, there's no history on, on Eberron. It's just this dark period. It believes she ruled over it, and it took a... No one knows what it took to put her away. But we do know that the dragons are deathly afraid of waking her. And so they never push, force, or overtly interfere or intervene with the prophecy. They nudge the prophecy. They might send Sidoni to nudge an adventurer, which is what Sidoni does, but there would be no... And you could say it's a matter of, of not necessarily semantics, but maybe she was lying to the adventurers. I, I don't believe that's the case. I think it's erroneous. But as, what's, how Sidoni was acting, pushing the adventurers in one direction, is pretty much as far as the dragons really want to go. Because they are afraid to wake her, and they know that her sin, if you will, the sin of not just pride, but the desire to rule, the desire for power, is in all dragons. So, to awaken her is as simple as getting too hungry for a dragon. I talked about the lizard folk, and I talked about their cold sun dream, and I was wrong. The cold sun dream was not bestowed by the dragons. There was it was actually bestowed by the Coatl, who no longer exist on Eberron. Because they sacrificed themselves at the end of the Age of Demons to imprison them. And they are the silver flame. They became the silver flame. What's interesting about the lizard folk of Kubara is that their sigil or their uh, representation of them, their federation, I guess, so they have no written language, is, is a flying snake, a snake with wings, uh, in the foreground of a black sun. And it's highly reminiscent of the Silver Flame. It looks almost like the Silver Flame logo. And in truth, if the lizard folk were to be considered to worship any deity, it would be the silver flame, because the silver flame is made up of the quaddles, and the quaddles are the one that bestowed the dream on the lizard folk. So with Rashak as a failed black dragon, 
He has now become the harbinger of the cold sun. He's worshipped by the poison dusk. And it's unclear if he is the agent of Masaviric or if Masaviric controls him or inhabits him to some degree. What we know is the dragonborn there, they are honor-bound and duty-bound to keep Masaviric at bay, and they are determined not to make the same mistake. That's the dragonborn on Eberron. The dragonborn on Eberron are kind of a, as I feel as I talk about them, I feel like they're a dower and humorless people that have are that carry a great burden because they are born to battle and they're born to battle and not win and they're the one of the few races that can say that the drow can say that but they can say that they are born and literally to protect the prophecy you know they were created by the dragons to be there tools and they still the dragons still hold a pretty tight grip over all the dragonborn today the dragonborn defend the intercontinent of Arganesson and they don't they for all recorded knowledge they are still at the height of their power and the height of their civilization they have not they've not broken it's the kabar and dragonborn that are the ones we can probably most relate to as humans not being perfect they've made some mistakes and they've, uh, they've had to, through generations and generations, attempt to redeem themselves. So, into this world, the Kabaran world, It's just so difficult for me because I know so much about the history and the dragons and I now that I've studied this and it's hard for me not to want to tell you the whole story. So much of what the dragonborn suffer is due to their creators, the dragons themselves. A lot of this turmoil the dragons themselves brought upon themselves while they tried to figure things out. They made some mistakes. Oral and Asterix is a blue dragon who that we believe was first taught magic by a demon overlord named Bel Shazor. Shalor. Some call him the shadow in the flame, some call him the shadow. Some say he's the sovereign of magic and mayhem of the Dark Six. But he was the one who taught the dragons magic. The interesting thing is Oral and Asterix might sound familiar if I said Orion because the dragon prophet Theer in his dragon doctrine concerning the dragon prophecy confirms that Orlan Asterix is actually Orion and they are one and the same Orion being the sovereign of law and lore at least the Theor holds it to be true Aurelian Asterix is a blue dragon. And for the sake of my sanity, I'll call him Orion from now on. And this brings us to, as we we put the educational bit of the Dragonborn aside, and we talk more about the culture today, there is a clan, the Duskwings, they reside in Kubara.
much like all Dragonborn, they're honor and duty bound. And I guess therein lies the the long the long line of sameness that is a that is to be a dragonborn. Dragonborns are the epitome of the paladin. In almost every campaign setting you look at, it's thought that the dragonborn were designed from their very get-go just to be good numbers paladins, good numbered paladins. What I find interesting about Eberron and Zendrick, you can find some dragonborn settlements from the time of the Age of Demons and when the dragons were at war with the giants. So into this world, we can introduce our character build today. Taxel Tavozan of the Blue Dragon Heritage. He has black skin and dark green eyes. And he feels a special connection to Orion, the god of lore. In fact, he feels chosen by Orion. So much so that when he arrives on Korthos and he arrives in Stormreach, The first two levels he takes is favored soul. He takes Orion's feet for the quarterstaff and grace of battle. He uses his charisma to hit and damage. His stats for a 28 point build are 10, 8, 14, 8, 12, and 18. He spends the rest of his life searching for the lore and the truth behind Oriel and Asterix's life. He feels there's some secret that Orion left behind that we must uncover. After all, it was Orion who discovered the prophecy and maybe the important bits he hid away. So, it's with this dream the Taxel Tavelzan leaves the Duskwing clan in Kabara and heads to Stormreach and hopes to find some evidence of Orion's time on Zenric and potentially find some of his secret teachings. For it was the dragons that taught the, the giants about magic. And in the end, it led the dragons to ultimately destroy Zendrik almost utterly. This is known as Orion's folly. But still, Taxel is not dismayed. He comes from a clan that's made mistakes after all. So for the first two levels, he is a favored soul of Orion. And for his last 18 levels, he is a storm bard or a storm singer bard. He's not truly a storm singer bard, but the game will read him as a storm singer bard. You see, somewhere between level two and level three, he is touched by Orion. And as, as his powers develop, his powers develop almost under Orion's tutelage. He's blessed by Orion. Orion doesn't speak to him. He doesn't come to him in dreams. But Taxel sees him and the power of his lightning magic. It's not uncommon for Taxel to be found meditating in a thunderstorm. He doesn't fear the lightning.
Taxel would spend nine points, nine action points in the Beacon of Hope tree. He would get Good Hope, SLA, and the Closed Wounds, SLA. He would spend 38 points in the Stormsinger tree, 25 in the War Chanter tree, and four in the Spellslinger tree. And he would get Cure Light Wounds. For SLAs, in total, at level 20, he would have the Good Hope SLA, the Closed Wounds SLA, Cure Light Wounds SLA, Shout SLA, and the Horn SLA. The Shout and the Horn are a must. You can take the Sonic Blast and the Reverberate, and those are recommended, but you must take the Shout and the Horn ones. For favored soul spells, Taxel would carry at least Bless and Night Shield. You may find Divine Favor, another Cure Light Wound spell if you so choose. For Bard spells at level 1, he would take Expeditious Retreat, Cure Light Wounds, Focus Chant, Sonic Blast, Featherfall. Conversely, if you feel like you've got Featherfall covered, you may take Merfolk's Blessing. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be an uncommon spell coming from Kubara, which is on the uh, eastern edge of Corvair. For level 2, he would take Cure Moderate Wounds, Rage, Soundburst, Invisibility, and Scare. Scare is an AoE necromancy spell that automatically procs Shaken on enemies. That gives them minus 2 to attack and minus 2 to their will saves. There is no save for this, and it is a level 2 spell that's AoE. It's uh, pretty effective to help your party debuff your enemies. It is affected by spell resistance. For level 3 spells, he would carry Cure Serious Wounds, Dispel, Displacement, and Haste. For level 4 spells, he would carry Cure Critical Wounds, Dimension Door, Sleet Storm, and Ball Lightning. For Bard level 5 spells, he would carry Greater Dispel Magic, Cure Light Wounds Mass, Greater Heroism, and Chain Lightning. And for level 6 Bard spells, he would carry Cure Moderate Wounds Mass, Greater Shout, Otter's Irresistible Dance, and Thunderstorm. It's unfortunate I didn't have a better story for Taxel Tablezan. I tried very hard, and in truth, other than filling my head with this kind of rabbit hole of draconic prophecy over the last week, I found that the Dragonborn are much like this particular episode, just subdued with their bur- their burden and their oath that they have this this duty above glory. This they're just always it's a it's a life of self sacrifice beyond anything that we can really know. It's to the greater good, and it's to something that they don't really they don't see. You know, they don't they just believe it. You know, they just know, and it seems. That that would, I feel like that would make them bitter. And in truth, they don't. Uh, they don't socialize well. Although there are there are groups like the Flame Brow that are learning the ways of other cultures. But they're very clannish, and so if Taxel was in your party or you traveled with him and you were friendly, he would treat you like you're his family, like you're his clan. And in that way, people can be too blunt. They can be maybe crass. And certainly the dragonborn who favor perfection and mastery over anything else, if you were part of their clan, they probably wouldn't 
mind telling you the truth and probably would offer it um, unsolicited, which would probably make for a difficult traveling partner. It was difficult for me to come up uh, with any story. I have named Taxel Tavozan in his class. He is two favorite soul and 18 storm bard, but I've named him as a shaman because his powers stem from his faith in Orion and his faith in his mission. They don't they don't stem from other sources, they stem from his faith. And so because of that He's sort of a leader among his people, which is why we chose the bard. The Ukestroth is kind of what his character arc, if you indulge me that much, when I thought of him, I thought he would go on this great journey and come back, and while he wouldn't unite his people, he may become a great leader of his people, at least in the Duskwing clan. He might come back humble, but I couldn't, I couldn't uh, for the life of me, I couldn't come up with a good plot hook other than uh, he was chasing down teachings from a dead dragon on a dead continent. I thought that sounded interesting, but at the same time, you know, the dragonborn, even in game, if I can just step out. And this particular build that I shared with you today is for newer players. It's a 28-point build, and it's a, it's a really good build for a new player. I shared the enhancement points this time, and I went a little bit more numbers on it, not just because I don't have a story for him and because I want to fill time. I did that intentionally because if you are a new player and you are listening to this podcast, I want you to have some direction where to go and not just a hope and a prayer, as it were. So... I would recommend um, putting your first few enhancements into something called uh, Divine Might in the War Soul Tree. It's a clicky that will give you damage, your charisma to damage. It's a multiplier or an additive damage to your multiplier and then that would put the remaining bits into the beacon of hope until you're more firmly you more firmly grasp your electrical lineage and then once that's the case you can take those points out if you so choose and put them into the closed wounds i think you'll find closed wounds and the good hope to be very beneficial But I, I wanted to come up with a better story for him, one that made this shaman title, you know, ring more true for him. But like I said, it was just very, it was very hard for me to, you know, to uh, to come up with anything. The, the Dragonborn, they're so... Um, In Eberron, I guess, they're so, I had another, let me just say this. So I originally had this idea, Taxel, Tavazan, Blue Dragon Heritage, Shaman. But I also had an idea that maybe Taxel wasn't good. And that maybe Taxel was evil. But he was pretending to be good. And in such way, instead of making him a two-favorite soul and 18 bard, I would make him a blight caster. And he would be sort of a follower of the poison dusk, and he would hide that with the use of certain spells throughout his journey with his traveling troop. And then only at the quest's height would he betray and reveal his treachery to the group. I thought that would be interesting. And one of the coolest, cool, of the cool, of the both ideas, I thought that would be the cooler of the two, uh, 
but I think the more true representation is in even so not making him a paladin but making him sort of chaotic neutral or neutral good I, I picture Taxel as neutral good so in in this way making him neutral good and um, is more in line with with what you would find if you went to Kubara you might run into you know this guy in you know in the Duskwing clan and holding power in the Duskwing clan this is the kind of guy you'd run into so it was difficult for me to find any purchase with a good story it, it was it's always easier when you can relate to the character and i feel this is a podcast is for new player this build is for new players and i am going to say this that i think that dragonborn are just so very powerful um races such a powerful race and ddo they're just so powerful um I I can't relate to them. <laughs> you know, there's uh there's nothing bad in their racial tree. It's only good stuff. And um some of the most powerful enhancements in the whole game, I just can't relate to that. I'm not that kind of a guy. I you know, I've made mistakes, I'm not perfect. So I can't it's hard for me to relate to such a perfect uh perfect race. The dragonborn they are in literature as I've discussed, and then they are in uh, DDO. They are really one of the best races you can pick. I'm not sure if the two favorite soul, 18 Bard, is a popular build or if it's even something you might find on the forums, but this is a strong build. The Close Wounds, uh, the Good Hope, and the Cure Light Wounds SLA will carry you a long way, especially once you start understanding how some of the gear works and you're, you're going to be just fine as far as being able to play this thing all the way to 32 and into some mid-reapers. But yeah, I don't have much, uh, I don't have much of a hook. Um, especially, you know, during this research, I didn't know that Orion was um, Oral and Asterix. I didn't know that. And when I found out that the first and most powerful blue dragon, first dragon really that was very powerful, or that learned magic, um, was Orion. I, I, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know, I guess it's like, was like finding out that, um, that the dragonborn's daddy was, you know, God himself almost, you know, Orion is literally the figurehead of the sovereign host. <laughs> so not only are the dragonborn kind of perfect, they also, their, you know, great grandfather is, uh, is like the head of the sovereign host. So that's, it made it very unrelatable for me. Very, very unrelatable. I, very interested if anybody's got comments about the Dragonborn, how they feel about them, and why they identify with them. I would really love to hear it because it's a it's a mental thing that I just can't get past. They're so perfect. Um, you know, I look at the enhancement tree, and I just and I'm not. I don't want them. I don't think they're. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about the Dragonborn and DDO. I just they're so um, there's so nothing wrong with them. You know. And I just, uh, I just find it very hard to relate to them, and I find it, it's a very good choice. If you're a new player and you're listening to this, it's a very good choice, and you're going to have a lot of fun playing them. And I think that's Dragonborn are definitely a, a really good design for a new player. So, and I think you'll enjoy Taxel's blue heritage and the fact that him and Orlon Asterix share some kind of connection down to the ages and that he is searching for maybe secret teachings that Orion left behind on Zendrick. I think you'll find his, his rise and increase in power you know, very satisfying. But I, as far as the veteran players are concerned, I sometimes when these things are introduced, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction to want to introduce other things that are just as powerful, but what you like or what I like, right? So well, I would pick something like this or something like that. And when I see the Dragonborn and how blatantly overpowered they are, it's 
overtuned. It just seems to me to grate me the wrong way. Although, when I look at their history and understand where they come from, it makes sense. But does it make total sense? No. Um, like the Dragon Breath, and I think the Dragon Breath, I know the Dragon Breath was released not in a good place, but I know it's in a good place now. So I just wonder if maybe they got, they should have thought about the caster level thing before and some of the other choices uh, that they had made with the Dragonborn in particular. I don't, um, I know it's really short, and it probably, I don't know how it, how the content feels to you, but it was, uh, this was a difficult one for me, and I, it will, I really, I took a ton of notes on this, and I read an awful lot about it, and I just feel like I couldn't connect with the Dragonborn. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know, they are all throughout, uh, down to the ages, they're kind of described as this perfect race, other than this big mistake they made when they came to Kubara and, and left the site of um, Masavirik's The Cold Sun, his, where he is uh, imprisoned at. And they didn't all leave, some of them stayed. So you could be, you know, you could create a character that, you know, his lineage stayed. So it just... Hard for me to relate to that and relate to how powerful they are in game. It's hard for me to. Um, they don't. They're not a race that struggles at all with anything. So, how can you identify with someone that doesn't struggle? Like everything comes easy to them, you know. Um, everything that is DDO comes easy to a dragonborn. So. I highly recommend them for new players. And in my last episode, the audio is a little spotty. I do have a new mic. But in my last episode, I talked about uh, the Salt Marsh being a good expansion for new players. And I think uh, there's a strong case for the purchase of Dragonborn. And if you don't have Favorite Soul, I know you can earn it in-game. But if you want to pay for the VIP, it's, I think, very well worth whatever it unlocks. Um... I know um, Dragonborn is very powerful, and I'm not sure if it comes with it, uh, VIP, but I know it comes with some DDO points you might be able to put towards the purchase of the Dragonborn uh, race. So I definitely think, and I would highly recommend the Dragonborn race and this build to new players, and I think you should have a lot of fun with it. And I think as soon as you hit level 20, you should take the um, Dragon Incarnation, uh, Epic Destiny, and I think you should charge that bad boy right up. Um, you should pick electric for your dragon. And you should pick the double implement for your... Um, the double implement bonus for your staff. If you're going to continue to use a quarter staff. And I'd go right up the tree and get that double damage uh, dragon breath. That's what I would... Uh, that's what I would kind of recommend as far as the direction and the epic levels. But... For new players, this is a great choice. Um, it's a really strong build. Um, I just couldn't find a story that matched um, what I know I'm capable of. I just couldn't. I couldn't find it, and I, I kind of want to. I want to blame the fact that it's uh, that the Dragonborn just they're not. I don't find them to be extremely worthy of travel or adventure because their culture and their lifestyle, in fact, their very existence is based on you know, going to these demonic sites and keeping them at bay. So I find it difficult to pull one of those races, pull one of those guys from that. And I think that's why I settled on Taxel Tazovan's kind of his story is that he's looking for, you know, Orion's last teachings on Zendrick, right? So that's like the only thing I can think of, right? Like maybe that he's looking for Orion's answer to the Draconic Prophecy on Zendrick. That's the only thing that could pull him away from this great duty he has to the entire plane 
of Ebron that you know that we live on that Ebron exists on. So I just to me it was just very like how do you pull a guy from a you know from a destiny that big? And then the other thought was well he's evil and he's out to you know he's out to advance his his overlord's mission and so he pretends to be good in an effort to get whatever MacGuffin he's after and then betray the the group. So that's where I kind of stood with this one. And again, I really kind of beg you, please, in the comments, if you're listening to this on Facebook or if you clicked on this link through the forums, I beg you to just tell me what what would be your hook for something like this, for a dragon born in Eberron? Because I just... I can't find one, a good one, a real, like, when they when I think about how they put Dragonborn into the game and how they're, how powerful they are, it's not that I disagree with how powerful they are. I do agree they're powerful beings, but I just, like, what's the point? That's not, they're not, um, you know, you might run into a few adventuring, but it'd be something like this, or someone would be on some kind of religious, you know, pilgrimage. So... I don't know, I just, that's what I, that's where my struggle is, you know. Sometimes I wonder if the races themselves should be um, accessible only after level 20, you know, so that your character becomes Dragonborn at, you know, level 20, you might be able to select that. I don't, I'm just, just literally riffing off the top of my head, but I'm just, it just seems to me that, um, there wouldn't be very many low-level ones lying around. But I I really I really am stumped on this one. I, I can come up with, usually I can come up with a, a story after, you know, right, right on the spot, I can come up with anything. But I with this one, I had so much trouble. I wanted to make him part druid, part favored soul so bad. I wanted to, you know, I tested out, I spent many hours testing out his build, so that's how I know this one it works and so well for new players um and i i just i wanted to make him a druid more of like a um more of like a gatekeeper i thought maybe he followed those types of beliefs it was so difficult to find it and then not just make him a druid completely and then if i was going to make him a druid completely i wanted him to be evil and I didn't want to make a good druid and then an evil druid. Um, I don't know. I guess I could have done both in one episode, right? Like a double header, right? I could have done that. But still, I i mean, the story for the evil druid would be great. That'd be fun. And, uh, you know, I could not spoil it until right at the end of the, um, right at the end of the show, right? I'll tell you, hey, he's a, he's a bad guy. But... Uh, when it came to Taxel Tavazan, I thought it was a great name and it was a great kind of beginnings of a story. Like there's something, there's a nugget of an idea, I should say. Not really a story, it's a nugget of an idea that he is out to find uh, Orion's last teachings. As far as uh, content, if you're a new player, I definitely highly recommend the Dragonborn. They are an excellent race. They um, are, an, are a strong race in Eberron, and they're a strong race in DDO. They're represented well, and you're, you're able to pick which uh, heritage you want, whether it's blue, red, black. So I highly recommend them, and I recommend the build I, I label. Just rewind, and you'll find it. Um, all the spells are laid out for you and the numbers. It's a good, uh, fun little build. Other than that, I just, uh, I've got nothing. I, I think I might uh, do a little bonus episode because this one's so short. Um, but I, you know, I, I just, with the dragon, draconic prophecy and the history of the dragons and the dragonborn, they're so tied together. And then it's so depressing, man, <laughs> what the dragons went through and what the the Eberron went through before, you know, it was got to where it was is just very... Uh, very, uh, what a struggle, you know. So, um, far from the happy swashbuckling bards that we, uh, stories that we come to our head when we think of a, a sort of a bard. So, I guess there is that. But, 
Taxel Tavozan, Dragon Shaman of, of Kabara, Disciple of Orion, Finder of his lost secrets. So that's all I uh that's all I have for him. I don't uh I don't I literally have nothing else for the for the episode and I have pages of notes on, on the Draconic prophecy and I could go into the Age of Giants and you know how they enslaved the the elves and creation of the drow and the destruction the the how they saw the giants tied down core to the moons and you know we talked about the Kalesh star already and I didn't really touch on that piece but you know there's so much I guess history here that it is difficult for me to like talk about one thing and then not talk about all of it so I was going to just take little pieces of the dragonborn and uh, just specifically talk about them and then I thought well I should talk about some of the dragons that kind of yeah, they revere the dragons like gods. They worship them as dragon kings. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose that piece. And in order to really tell that story, you had to know a little bit about, you know, Orlan Asterix and Belshazzar, and how Orlan Asterix learned magic and how he taught it to the giants, and you know, and why they kind of, you know, they don't. They don't intervene. The dragons don't intervene. They're, they're afraid to wake the daughter of Kyber. And this is something that's repeated over and over in their literature. And even the prophet Theer, she, he kind of warns them against her a lot. So I just don't see, I don't see how we can work one into the Eberron campaign. And if someone can enlighten me, I will. Thank you very much. I Because I just can't. <laughs> I can't see how one would join the campaign. The evil one, I would totally get. I totally understand that, but I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand why a, why a good one would. You know, it would. It seems more realistic to me that Sidoni tasks the player with uh, helping uh, facilitate the better parts of the Tracana, Traconic prophecy, or help with the outcome that would be better for the world. But it doesn't make sense that a dragonborn would go to Sidoni and Sidoni would ask a dragonborn because the dragonborn would worship Sidoni as like a, almost like a god, almost like a god. So that's, you know what I'm saying? So it's difficult for me to rationalize. So if someone has an answer to that question, why would a dragonborn adventure and what's a good backstory for motivation? I'd love to hear it. Um, I'm in desperate need of that um, eye-opener. So for new players, a quick wrap-up. Taxel Tavozan, the dragon shaman from Kubara, is two-favored soul, and he's 18 storm, storm bard, storm singer bard. His stats are 10, starting the top is strength. 10, 8, 14. 14 is your constitution. 8 intelligence, 12 wisdom, and 18 charisma. You're free to move the 10 and the, tw- the 12 around how you like. Um, I put the 12 at the wisdom so that when you first take your first two levels of favorite soul, you're able to use the spells. If you have some kind of focus item for Taxel and he can get his wisdom up high enough, he'll be able to cast spells if, say, he was level, he only had 10 points in wisdom, but you had a plus two item that he could focus on, he could cast spells for you so that's a little bit more of the numbers and the number play of the game but as far as um, as far as his stats and his level breakdown two favorite soul and 18 storm bard and uh, I call him my my dragon shaman because he he gets his powers through his faith and it's um, it's a mystery to a lot of people how he gets his powers at least to the clan and I would highly recommend, if you haven't uh, started down the VIP path, it's uh, totally worth it, uh, considering what you get in the game. And uh, and unlocking uh, Dragonborn would be huge for you. Huge, huge, huge. And if you could unlock Favorite Soul early to facilitate the build, I would. I wouldn't throw two levels of Cleric in because uh, the build's not geared for that. The enhancements aren't, aren't geared for that. So 
two, two levels of favorite soul. You might get away with two levels of druid, but it would probably be a rough go, <laughs> as they don't get a charisma to hit and damage at level two. At any rate, that's the uh, end of the show, my friends. I will, um, I'll see you soon. Stay safe, everyone.